grateful to God, amen, that he has given me the opportunity to pastor people on different levels. And so I decided, I prayed about it. And I decided that I was going to talk to you now in 905, amen, on Sunday morning, amen. We're going to talk about the pastor and the people, amen, a reciprocal relationship, amen. The word reciprocal, amen, it means that I give and you give, amen. I want to begin, and I wasn't planning on beginning with this passage today, but I want to go to Galatians chapter 6, one of the most important relationships in life is the relationship of the pastor and the people. Paul spoke about this relationship much in his writing. In the epistles, he set forth the relationship of the people and the pastor. Uh, life is made up of relationships, right? We all have different types of relationships that, if you would, I would say it's necessary, correct? For instance, um, we have a relationship with our doctors. Amen. Now, if you don't have a relationship with your doctor, if you have one of those doctors where you just walk in and they see you and they're gone and you don't have a relationship with your doctor, amen, then that's a problem. Amen. I believe. I believe you should have a relationship where you can be open and honest with your doctor. Amen. Your doctor should be able to tell you, amen, the truth. Not only do we have relationship with our doctors, but we had relationship with our educators, teachers. When we started elementary school, kindergarten, before that, amen, we, we, an important relationship is with educators. Amen. Uh, another another relationship uh, that's important, uh, your dentist. Amen. Come on, somebody. Uh, you know, used to be the grocer, the grocer or, or used to be, you know, the person at the counter where you go in. Now we just walk into the store and that person at the counter, we just look through them. They're just taking our money. Used to be back in the day that we would have conversations with the with the person at the grocery store, with the owner of the store. Now everything has become so commercialized that it's like we no longer put an emphasis on relationships. Come on, somebody. Amen. I, I believe, I believe that there's some important relationships, amen, that you and I must have, amen. And if you don't have one, with your doctor or your dentist or your teacher or whoever or whomever, amen, uh, guess what? Live lo you live long enough, you'll end up having, I never thought I would need a cardiologist, amen, in my 30s. But I thank God, amen, that even then, God allowed me to have a good relationship with my doctor, amen? So the church is also, amen, a place of important relationships. Uh, Paul talks about that we ought to have a relationship with one another, that we ought to think about one another, that we ought to pray for one another. Matter of fact, if you look through the scripture, and we will, amen, you see the one another passage, passages. 
So not only should we have a good relationship with one another, but one of the most important relationships, one of the most important relationships, amen, that the Bible teaches, not what Dr. Hunt teaches, but what the Bible teaches, amen, is that you and I must have a relationship, amen, with your pastor. Amen. That relationship. You ready for this? Trumps all other relationships. The relationship with your doctor. Come on and help me somebody. The relationship with your dentist. The relationship with your banker. Come on somebody. The relationship with anybody else. Listen, one of the things that people don't realize is that, um, and you hear it's, it's been said all the time, it, when you, when the judge walks into the room, we stand up. We show respect. I believe we live in a day where the pastor, amen, has the, the, the office of pastor has lost, amen, its value. Amen. I believe that people think today that the pastor is just my bro or he thinks he's my boy or he, he, he's my equal. And, and I want to say, back in the day, we respected the pastor. Amen. And I believe that the juvenilization of the church has turned the church into a circus today. Where the pastor is no longer respected as he should be respected. Now listen. I know respect is earned. Amen. But I believe that one of the most important relationships that you have, amen, on planet earth is with your pastor. Can I say this to you, saints? It's not something that I made up. It's not something that I just searched scripture for and pulled it out of context but I started to really meditate on this concept, this teaching. And, and I said to my, I said, Lord, I don't want to teach this in a time like this. And you know what the Lord, by way of the Spirit, says to me? This relationship is most important in a time like this. Because the relationship with your pastor, amen, helps you. Not just while on earth, but it carries on into eternity. In other words, your pastor makes sure he watches over you and feeds you the word of God. Watch this now. So that your destination, amen, your destiny, your where you're going. So if you happen to fall victim. Come on, somebody, to this pandemic. Then you know that you have a relationship with your pastor and that he will make sure that when you leave this earth, think about this for a minute. The pastor not only prepares you for living, he prepares you for dying. And if you ask me, I think, that that's an important relationship. Do I have anybody? 
But I believe along with spiritual warfare, amen, what Satan does is he causes a rift. He causes a division. I can teach this all day long because I've lived it. Amen. I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I've been mad at my pastors sometimes. I've been good with them. You know what I mean? But as I, as when I got saved, you know, but I had to learn. Here's what I had to learn. Paul always says this. He says in the word, and I'll show you all these scriptures. It's just my introduction. He says, the things that you see in me, practice these things. And not only that, but here's the thing. When I first got saved, I had to learn. I instantly respected my pastor. But see, when you, when you live with someone for a little while, you get to learn their ways. And, and what, what, a lot of people say, what a lot of people don't realize is this. You don't deify the pastor. Come on now. Because he is a person. So expect him to have some flaws. Don't make your expectation, watch this, for him so high that you're not living up to that expectation yourself. Do I have anybody? So he does make mistakes. But it's still, he's still your pastor. I want to start with this scripture today. And I want to say this. To have a right relationship with your pastor positions you. Watch this. Amen. And places you in a position of blessings. I'm going to say it one more time. I believe that some people struggle so much because they may not say it with their lips, but in their hearts, on their pillows. Come on, so that's pillow talk. Amen. They talk about the pastor. Matter of fact, there's a pastor scripture, and we'll look at it as we go through this. Amen. I'm going to be here a little bit. Amen. Because I want you to have a healthy relationship. With your pastor. Whoever your pastor is. If I'm your pastor. Then I want you to have a good relationship with me. But I want to ask you a question. If you were to evaluate your relationship with me. How is it? If I'm your pastor. Amen. Amen. Now now we're going to dig in this thing. We're going to look at it. And this is what we call doctrinal teaching. Which they're not teaching today. Amen. And, and, and here's the thing. If you're not careful. You can become a victim. I'll show you some things. I'll show you some things in Scripture that's going to help you to develop a healthy relationship with your pastor. Go to Galatians chapter 6 for me. And I want to show you something in Galatians chapter 6. I didn't want to start here, but, but, but I just let's just look at it. It says, brethren... Even if anyone is caught in a trespass, the word, this word may imply the person was actually seen committed a sin. All right? Not what you heard Boo Boo say or Pookie or Ray Ray. No, no, no. You've actually seen them at the club. It's all right to go to the club. No, Look at that. He says, if anyone is caught in a trespass, you who are what? Spiritual. Restore such a one in a spirit of what? 
See that? See, see what I'm saying? If you catch, if you catch your brother in a sin, he says, you who are spiritual, restore him in a spirit of what? Don't, don't go yelling at him, you wrong, no, no, no. No, no, in a spirit of gentleness. Look what he says. Each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. You know, I found out there's a lot of people who like to tell people what to do. They're so spiritual. But yet they're doing the same thing. I'm about to say the same daggone thing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm sorry. That kind of got next to me right there. Watch this. Here's the thing. There's some people who, who want to tell everybody about what thus says the Lord. They have no qualification. They don't line up under the pastor. They don't line up under the church. But, but guess what? They want to just restore people and tell people this and tell people that. He says, do it in the spirit of gentleness. He says, look into your own self. Watch this. So that you too will not be tempted. Amen. Verse 2. Bear one another's burden. You see that? One another. See the relationship? Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Look what he says. He said there are some people who think there's something. They, 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 they think that they have outgrown the relationship. Come on and help me somebody. With the pastor. But may, let, may I remind you, how did you get to the point where you are now? Oh yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I, okay, you locked yourself up in your room and you were studying. But who was challenging what you were studying? Last Sunday, Tuesday night after we spoke about, about false teachers and being careful what you listen to, my daughter and I went home, we went on YouTube, and this popular guy, and I'm not going to call his name, come to find out everybody in the country is following this guy, all the younger people. But come to find out this guy has no qualifications, he has no theological background, he didn't go to school, he doesn't want to go to school, amen. And I'm not saying school makes you, but what I'm saying, it helps you. Come on, help me now. Amen. And, and listen, shepherding is a serious responsibility. I'm going to say it one more time. Shepherding is a serious responsibility. And we'll look at these things as we go into this study. But he says, listen, if anyone thinks, he's, thinks he is something when he's nothing, he de he's deceiving himself. Verse 4, but each one must examine his own work. And then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to one another. For each one will bear his what? This is not a contradiction, right? This is not a contradiction, but God requires faithfulness, amen, with the responsibility. There's a responsibility that the pastor has. And the responsibility that he has is not only must he examine you, but he has to examine himself. Come on, somebody. 
And then I find it interesting in this context about your brother, you know, you know, if you if you catch your brother in a sin, restore him, bear your own burdens, don't 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 brag, you follow what I'm saying? Don't do all that. And then he goes in verse 6. He says, "Now the one who is taught the word. The one who is what? So Here's the thing. If you want to have a good relationship with your pastor, write this down somewhere. I'm giving you time to get your pen. You have to remain teachable. You have to remain teachable. Sometimes I'm teaching and people ain't listening. Sometimes people believe, some people believe, some members believe that they are beyond what I'm teaching. Do I have anybody? But the moment that you stop listening, that's why I did the covenant God. Watch this. Because I know that God has given you a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. Come on, help me. Maybe you're angry over preference. Maybe you're upset about a preference and not something doctrinal. Come on and help me now. Now watch this now. The relationship that you have currently with your pastor is an important, it's an important thing. But remember this. I want you to remember. Paul says, remember who taught you. Remember who taught you. Now, if you've had several pastors, they laid the foundation. And if you are currently, if I am currently your pastor, if I'm the first one that taught you, I'm picking up when the last guy left off. Come on, help me somebody. In other words, I'm building upon the foundation that was, which was already laid. And, and possibly when you got to me, I had to restructure your foundation to get you where you are right now. Come on and say amen. amen. You see, the pastor, write this down, is a builder. Come on, somebody. The pastor is a builder. And how he builds, he builds your life up with the word of God. He establishes your walk. Come on, somebody. And, and, and as a result of that, I think it's time to reevaluate and ask yourself, am I still teachable? Here's what I found out. Here's when I knew it was time for me to move on. Amen. When I stopped hearing my pastor's voice. And it wasn't the pastor, it was me. And then I found out the devil was the one that was trying to get me to move on. But it wasn't time because I wasn't mature enough. Come on, help me somebody. So in my immaturity, I caught feelings. Come on, somebody. And after I caught feelings, I had to go before God and the Holy Spirit convicted me that I had to sit myself down somewhere and continue to be teachable. Do I have anybody? You can say ouch. You can say amen. And you can say thank you.
You have to remain teachable. One of the things I learned from my dad, which I had not had a lot of interaction with my dad throughout my life, but he did share something with me. He's 86 years old, and he says, Son, the way I stay healthy is I learn something new every day. I read something new every day. I'm in the Word every day. Now, he got saved at 80. And he, you see, he's tasted what I've tasted. Come on, help me, somebody. And can I say this to you? Age has nothing to do with spirituality. Amen. If God has placed you on the particular pastor at whatever age you are, come on and help me. You can learn something because that's hopefully why you're there. Do I have anybody? He says, he says, the one who is taught the word is to what? Is to share all good things with the one who teaches them. In the King James, it says communicate. King James says, the one who's taught the word must communicate all good things. Now, here's my concept here. This expression could refer to material compensation. The context suggests that Paul is referring to spiritual and moral excellence in all things. But watch this. Watch this. Paul says, if the pastor is teaching you, then your life is changing. You, you with me? Watch this. Here's why this relationship is so important. I was watching uh, yesterday with my daughter. We are watching Skid Straight. You know, those kids that go to prison. That's what I used to do before I got saved. You know, I, I used to, in Miami and all over the country, actually, flew all over the country working with kids that committed serious crimes. One of the things I did, one of the methods that we used was intimidation. We intimidated these kids. We didn't teach them. Come on, help me somebody. We, we scared them straight for three months. Amen. We didn't teach them how to live differently. But the missing piece, as I was looking at that, it just got me, brought me back to understanding that the, the greatest thing I should have given them was the gospel. Because it is the gospel that can change bad behavior. Now, here's the thing. If you are under a, a, a pastor and you're under a teaching, a, a particular, if you're under sound teaching, let's just talk about sound teaching, and you're not changing, it's not the pastor, it's you. If, if you're not developing in this area of your life, if, if, if this is not moving and shaping and changing, and if you're not seeing any good things happening, 
It's not that it's the teacher, it's you. Because here's the thing. The Bible says when the word goes forth, it accomplishes what it is supposed to accomplish. This is why you and I have to be very careful what we eat. You can eat a whole lot of stuff out here. Talking about spiritually. If it's not coming from the word, then you have a problem. But here's how I know whether or not I'm under good teaching. I notice that now my life is different. And I have some good things. I'm accumulating some good things. Come on, somebody. He says, he says, the one who's taught the word should eventually have some good things. Amen. To, to what? To share. See, what happens to us is this. We, we sit under teaching like this. We get blessed and we start hoarding it. We start holding on to it. We start putting it up. That's why I love Deacon Hurd, man. Y'all may laugh at him every now and then. Amen. But I want to tell you something. <laughs> you know, he has an uh, appreciation. Amen. Like I have that kind of appreciation. And when the Lord blessed me, i never forget when I got my first contract with my business. I went to the church and I paid all the bills at the church. You know why? I, I, I was like a monkey with 10 bananas. You understand what I'm saying? I was so plumb happy. I just didn't know what to do with myself. And eventually my testimony changed and I started talking about some other things. But what I'm saying to you, saints, I started accumulating so much stuff. But watch this. But I thought it was just, oh, well, I'm giving to the church. But I was forgetting the one who was teaching me. I was leaving out the one who was teaching me. The other day, someone came to our house. Amen. Amen. We, we've been a blessing to this person. We bless this person. This person says to me, she, the person came to our house and they said, Pastor, I, I remember when my pastor taught me, this is back in the 80s. She said, if the building was needed the roof replaced and you had an opportunity to give to the building or you had an opportunity to give to the pastor, and this is what she was taught back in the 80s. She said, which would you give to? The pastor asked her, which would you give to first? Everybody said the building. And the pastor said, no way. The building will always be there. But the blessing comes not from the building. Come on, help me somebody. So you give to the pastor. And this lady came to our home and gave us back what we gave her as a blessing. And she said, I, I was going to sow it into your building fund, but I'd rather sow it into you and your family. I'm not begging for money. What I'm saying is principle. He says good things. Amen. Someone this week. Delivered lunch up here for us. I was, I just, I just, it's so much 
awesome things that people, the people of God has done for us. I'm not asking for nothing. But I thank God that there's some out here who understand how important the relationship is. Listen, I'm not going to tell you what you like to hear all the time. No, I got five minutes. Watch this. I, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear all the time. I'm not going to tell you good things all the time. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. And you ought to love the pastor for doing that. For not just feeding you fluff. Amen. For not just giving you donuts and candy. Amen. Little Jackson this morning, I said, Jackson, he said, I'm going to wait for my breakfast sandwich. I said, I said, come on in here, get a cafe. I said, you want a honey bun? He says, nope, that's a, that's a treat. I thought about it. I said, oh. See, see, here's the thing. He understood the, he understood the difference. Every now and then I want to give you a treat, but it's breakfast time. And I'm feeding you some breakfast this morning. Amen. But watch this. There'll come a time where you're going to get a little bit of honey buns. and You're going to get a little sweet stuff. But that should not be your main course. Amen. So he says, as, as, as you're being taught the word, your life is changing. Watch this. And not only is your life changing, but God is blessing you with material things. He says that you ought to share all good things with the one who is... T Listen, you're giving to Benny Hinn and... Uh, not you. I'm just saying, you're giving to all these people who ain't teaching you nothing. But can I ask you a question? Where have you been eating lately? And he says that if the one who is sharing the word with you is teaching you and your life is changing, then he says, quite frankly, you should share with him. He didn't say give them all. Amen. Now, look at verse 7. He says what? Do not is a command. It's an aorist imperative. In other words, he says, make it a lifestyle. Don't just do it once, but do it all the time. Don't be deceived. You see, here's what I found out about the relationship between the people and the pastor. Satan can cause deception. Amen. He can deceive you into thinking, oh, the pastor got it going on. He, I'm supposed to look good on Sunday morning. You don't want no guy standing here looking raggedy staggedy on Sunday morning teaching you, right? What what kind what so so don't don't think that just because he looked good, he don't need nothing. I'm not gonna sweat in front of you. Come on, say amen. Amen. And God is kind. But don't be deceived. He says, He said, Don't be deceived. God. Let, let me back up. Satan wants this relationship. He wants to put deception in this relationship. He says God is not mocked. So the context suggests that when, you, when you're taught the word and you don't share your good stuff now with the man of God, that you're being deceived. And not only are you being deceived. But let me help you with something. 
the closest thing, and you better hear me today and hear this well. I am not God, but the closest thing you're going to get to God is the pastor. That's why he says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Hold on a minute. You got to remember context. God is not mocked. So in other words, when we don't share the good things that we receive, I always hear bad news. Amen. Amen. People don't call me with good news all the time. He says, don't be deceived. And Satan will deceive you into thinking that the pastor got a problem with you. I love you. I got no problem with you. Amen. Think about it. Why would I have a problem with you? <laughs> That's deception. He says, God is not mocked. God is not mocked. He says, whatever a man sows, that this he will also reap. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. If you're sowing discord, oh, if you're sowing negative thoughts, if you're sowing anger, if you're sowing all these things against the man of God, what will you reap? He says, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. That's my introduction to you.